Hi, my name is Jurian Arney and I'm a licensed clinical social worker working in private practice in the state of Florida. Welcome to the Cultivative Conversation podcast where I engage listeners in conversation about mental health related topics and use questions designed to assist with exploring things of gratitude, nostalgia, sharing and learning, to normalize mental hygiene, and to invoke togetherness and intimacy through conversation. Today, I have the pleasure of being joined by my mom. Uh, to me and my brother, she's known as Mummy, but to the world, she may be better known as Orion. So, Mommy, thank you for joining me for today's episode. Welcome to the Cultivative Conversation podcast. You're welcome. My pleasure being here. I know that you have been able to listen to a couple episodes, so you're familiar with how this may work. Uh, But just as a refresher, I'll explain to you uh, the way that the episode is going to go. And if you have any questions, feel free to ask me, okay? Okay. All right. So our conversation today is going to be guided by a set of five questions. I'm going to give you a moment to think of five numbers. Each of the numbers that you give me will correspond with a question and our conversation will be led by your responses to the question and any feedback or response that I may have to your response. Okay. Okay. All right. So we'll, we'll go one by one. So if you have your first number ready, you can go ahead and give it to me. And then I'll start with your first question. My first number is number one. All right. Lucky number one. Well, lucky number one for you because you were born on the first. Yes. Your question is, if you could have dinner with anyone in the world, who would you choose? Whoa. (laughs) That's a big question. If I could have dinner with anyone in the world, who would it be? Uh, And feel free to think about whether it's someone that you've met before, maybe someone you've never met, maybe someone you've seen on TV or in a magazine, maybe even a fictional character, someone from a book or from a cartoon. It could be anyone. Well, it would have been late Michael Jackson. Okay. Nice. <laughs> Why Michael Jackson? Oh, because Michael Jackson was um, my number one superstar, um, legend. I pretty much grew up um, watching everything that he's done. And... Um, I just, I just love him. He was my, my favorite. And up until this day, he's still in my heart. I still have that same special spot in my heart for him. Yeah. I remember when he passed, I was still away at college. I don't remember if I had graduated already, but I know on that day when the news broke, I was home visiting And I think that was, I grew up remembering hearing you talk about Michael Jackson. You talked about Prince a lot as being your favorites, but I think that was the day where I fully understood how much Michael Jackson meant to you just by how like sad you were about the fact that he had passed. Very, I was very, I was very sad. And I, I never realized how much of an impact it made on me until after like two years later, watching his family on the news and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 
Do you know where you would want to go for dinner with Michael Jackson? Oh, I would want to go right at his house at, um, uh, I forgot the name of the land. Was it Wonderland? The Wonderland, yes. Okay. That's where I would love to go and sit with him along with his animals and just eat and have a good time. And I know I would have enjoyed myself because he's a very, very fun person that a yeah. lot of people may not see or understand. But he he was a very loving, caring, very funny um, person. Yeah. I don't know that I was expecting that answer, but I'm very happy that it was because it's always cool to hear you as my mom sound kind of like a kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. What is your second number? My second number is five. Number five. What in your life do you feel the most grateful for? What in my life did I feel the most grateful for? That's a really good question. I mostly feel grateful for having you and Corey. And my life as my children, my companion, everything. Do you have a favorite? (laughs) No, I don't have a favorite. That's something I have been battling all my life to not ever have favorite between you two. Yeah, I know it's a, it's a joke. It was a joke, but I also know that like throughout our lives, me and Corey have made comments like, Oh, she's your favorite. He's your favorite. Or you treat them differently or better. Um, But one thing that you always said, you've always said that I appreciate is that it's not that you love one more than the other or that you treat one better than the other. It's just, you made it really clear that we are two different people and that we've always needed different things because we are different people. And that's why the way our relationships with you look have been different. And I really appreciated that because I've been able to remind myself of that. And I'm actually able to apply that to other relationships that I have with other people. And I think right. it's the healthiest way like to frame that because there's no way, looking at me and Corey now, there's no way that you could have raised us both the exact the same. same way. Exactly. Yeah, it wouldn't and, have worked. And, and then um, um, at the same time also, one of my worst fear was to um, show the favoritism between you two because I'm a victim of favoritism in my family I'm one that was not one of the favorite and you know it's not a good feeling and then I said you know what I want to raise my children different I want to love them the same you know they're two different people with two different personalities and characters and flaws you name it and that's a promise that I made to myself to love my both of my children the same and treat them accordingly and I'm Mm -hmm. proud of myself and I really appreciate you your acknowledgement of that and there has always been a fear um, of how you guys think I have been treating 
you. And I'm, I'm really happy that you have shared that with me today. I really yeah, appreciate no. that. Yeah, I don't, I don't feel like you have a favorite. I do acknowledge that my relationship with you looks a lot different from how your relationship with Corey looks, but I feel safe in speaking for Corey too in saying that I know we both feel equally as loved. So our relationships look different, but I know we both feel loved by you equally. And yeah, I appreciate that. So I hate that you had that experience with your family, but I absolutely appreciate that you took that experience to do what I think we all aspire to do and is to create like better dynamics in the generations and the relationships to come. So you've, you've been successful with that. Thank you. Thank you. What's your third number? My third number is 21. 21. 21. (laughs) What is or was your favorite class in school? So you're not currently in school. So maybe think in past tense, what was your favorite class? My favorite class was bookkeeping. That was a class? Yes. Okay. And what did that. that class entail? Well, I learned how to type in that class. I learned how to do bookkeeping, budgeting, um, note-taking, um, also um, I learned how to do timeline and minutes. And Like meeting that, minutes? Meeting minutes, yes. Oh, and that okay. teacher was one of my favorite teachers that I will never forget. Do you remember what grade you were in when you took that class? Oh, that's a good question. I was in the ninth grade. I had her for two years, ninth and tenth. Hmm. I don't it was I remember the best. that being a. I remember that being a class that was offered when I was in middle or high school, and I know you went to school <laughs> long Back before I was in middle or high school. And yeah. things have changed. Even now, when I think about the classes that are available to kids in school now are a lot different from what I had yeah. access to. Um, but that sounds like a pretty cool school. You're a master typer. Was, like I always yeah. looked up to yeah. you as being a an amazing typer. So thank you to that teacher right. for teaching you those skills because you surely passed them on to me. Don't get me wrong. I had a first typing teacher. I had a typing class first. And um, the well, my ninth grade, first year in high school, I had a typing class for a year. And then my second year, well, during that year, something happened to that typing teacher. And then I was transitioned to the bookkeeping class. Okay. And you can say for at least a year and a half, I was in that class. And that teacher did not want me to leave. Because I was a really good student. She always told me that almost every day. And she was a great teacher as well. She really impacted. She made a great impact in my life. Because she used to compliment me each day. And always helped me with my mistakes. And told me that she knew. She had some type of confidence in me for some reason that she knew that I could have mastered the class. Mm-hmm. And I did because I'm a great type typist. Um, I do good 
in math by taking um, bookkeeping. It helped me a lot in math because I had to work with a lot of numbers. Mm-hmm. And that taught me a lot of discipline with time and the importance of note-taking. So that helped me also when I went to college. Yeah, I was a note-taking lover. <laughs> she really it sounds like the me. teachers. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like the teacher, maybe the teachers that you had at that time, their ability to affirm what you were able yes. to do, the fact that you were a good student, you were performing well, made you feel as confident as you did. And it sounds like you still feel confident in those yes. abilities that you have. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. It's pretty cool. Teachers are amazing. They don't get Very. enough credit. They don't get enough Very. pay. They don't get enough of any of what they deserve, but we love them. Let me tell you, if I had to change anything in this world um, that has to do with um, salary, uh, teachers would be the first ones on my list. Yeah. Because they're the reason why we're who we are. Yep. And what I we agree. are. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. I think we're at your fourth number. My fourth number is, huh, my fourth number, let's say 27. 27. What makes you feel the most loved? What makes me feel the most loved is, wow, that's a, I feel the chills just. Okay, what makes me feel the most love? What makes me feel the most love is the fact that I'm being myself. I'm being myself in a way that um, I'm just me. I don't try to be anyone else, try to be anything else. I don't imitate anyone. I live according to how I feel. I do everything in my life according to my my level of conf- comfortability mm-hmm. and um, and how I feel, how it makes me feel. So, yeah, I can say that's yeah, that's how I love myself. Okay, and I was going to ask: Are were you describing when you feel the most loved within yourself? I'm sorry, can you repeat the question? I was I was wondering if what you were describing is what is usually happening when you feel the most loved within yourself. Okay. Okay, I feel like Somewhat. I may, might have confused Somewhat. you. So the question asks, what makes you feel the most loved? And it sounds like you were describing how you feel within you. That when you feel like you are being you, you're being your, your authentic yeah. self, you're doing the things that make you feel happy, the things that reflect who it is that you believe you truly are, that's when you feel loved. Uh, But when I've asked this question before, the people who have answered thought more about or talked more about what other people did to them or what other people did for them. And so it sounds like you more so internalized this response. And I like that. I think that's good Mm -hmm. because I'm a believer that our relationships with ourselves are just as important as our relationships with other people. And if, when Mm. you think about when you feel loved, you go inside, I think that that's a great thing. And it's important to be able to acknowledge that. 
I really admire how you um, breaking this down to me because one of the reasons why I have learned today to um, find that love within myself, according to based on your question, is before I used to love people before loving myself. In other words, I used to do things for people. Please, I used to please people, um, try to satisfy people, um, and ignoring myself, neglecting myself. And throughout the years, I have learned, look, you're going to get stuck down the road while trying to please people because you have not really loved yourself by pleasing yourself, trying to satisfy yourself, helping yourself. And you will reach the point where if you don't do it for yourself, you will no longer be able to do it for people. And I'm the type of person I, I like to help people. I enjoy helping people, making people feel better, making people feel comfortable. So I had to come to a realization, look, I need to really stand in front of the mirror and look at myself and, and even question myself, ask myself, who am I? And I had to work on that for years to figure out who I really am because it was a shock to me that I, for a long time, I didn't really know who I really was when I thought I knew who I was. So when I found out who I really was, I said, you know what? I deserve a lot more. I really need to embrace myself. And the way to do it is to love myself. And the way to love myself is to do what I feel, what I desire, what makes mm -hmm. me comfortable and make me happy. And, and I like yeah. to be in peace. So whatever make me feel in peace, that's what I do. Yeah. And I imagine when you're able to show up in spaces where maybe there are other people and you're able to maintain that, where you don't feel like you have to change or shift who it is that you found yourself to be most comfortable and where you feel most loved, that that's like the cherry on top. Right. And that cherry yeah. on top um, includes you and Corey. It includes um, a lot of my other family members and great friends, even ex-coworkers. You know, a lot of people played a part of that as well, which I will not forget, even though I didn't, I didn't mention, you know, you guys in the very beginning, but yeah. um, you all are included because Absolutely. I wouldn't have not been the happy person that I am. And I would have not been able to, to realize and learn who I am today without you guys being around me. So that, that was a really good question. It was. And that was a really great response. I really appreciate it. Because I, like I was saying earlier, I think oftentimes when we think about feeling loved, we think about those external things, the things happening around us or maybe for us or to us uh, that impact the way that we feel about ourselves. Um, so I really admire your ability to go within to identify those things within yourself that make you feel loved because that is also important. Right. And one yeah. more thing I would like to add. Um, 
there was a point in my life, I can say at least the last five years, I had to really ask myself, do I really love my kids? Do I really love my family and friends when I tell them I love them? Um, should I really feel that love within myself first before I tell them that I love them? And I got to a point where I realized, you know what? Do they really feel that love when I tell them I love them? And I said, maybe I need to start really feeling that deep love within me. Then that would make me feel better. So when I tell you guys that I love you, Mm-hmm. maybe there will be a better way of you guys responding to it or receiving it. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I used to go through some deep thoughts, but now I have more confidence within myself because I know my, I know who I am now. And to know who you are, you have to be able to recognize um your surrounding and know who's giving and who's taken. Because before I thought loving myself was to give all the time, to give and give and give and give, not to receive. And I realized that, look, I need to receive too in order to continue giving. And what I have received is from you, Corey, um, 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 loved ones. And that's, that's where I am today. Yeah. That, that comment you made about asking yourself when you say that you love us, or when you say, I love you to other people, do you really feel it? Made me think about a time where I also asked myself that question because I can't think of a time. I can't remember a time where that wasn't something that we said to each other. I know mm-hmm. me, you, and Corey, when we get on the phone, every time we end the conversation, it's with I love you. When we see each right. other, we're leaving, it's I love you. That's just something where I think it it's become automatic, where I don't even right. think about it. It just happens. That's part of our, our greeting. And there was a time where I asked myself, like, wait, why do you just say this? And mm-hmm. I realized it's because it's become automatic because that that feeling is always there. Like, I never right. have to question whether or not I love you and Corey, because I know that you do, that I do without a doubt. Right. And it's not, I don't say that often. I don't, meaning I don't say it often to other people. And so it is something that I keep really near and dear to myself. Mm-hmm. But I also kind of judged myself when I asked myself, why do I say that? Because I kind of felt bad for questioning why I say I love you to you guys. So thank you for sharing that because you helped me feel less bad or guilty (laughs) for asking myself that question because knowing that you've also asked yourself that question tells me that, you know, it it was an important question to ask. Like I I thought about it for a reason and it wasn't for something negative. Right. And I also asked myself that question because remember, I had to find myself. I, um, for years, I didn't really know who I was. So when I realized that I said, you know what? I thought about a lot of other things that I have done in the past. I'm like, did I really do those things because of a choice or uh, due to pressure or Mm -hmm. uh, so many questions came to my head? Yeah. 
Yeah. So it sounds like at that time you weren't just questioning that love part. You were questioning how intentional you were in everything that you were doing at that time. Right. Yeah. Right. Makes sense. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm happy that that led you to finding the version of you that you love the yes. most. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, that makes me feel really good to know that that is the space that you're living in because it's always important to me to know that you are happy. Yes, I Whatever am that today. may mean for you that day, that month, that year, until it changes right. again. Right. <laughs> All right, so what's your fifth and final number? My fifth and final number is I'm going to go with 33. Okay. Oh, this is a good one. If you could go back in time, what advice would you give your younger self? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We're ending off with a bang. If I could go back in time, what advice would I give my self? Your younger self. Yes. My younger self. Oh, my goodness. Okay. The advice that I would have given, I would have given my younger self, if I could go back in time, believe it or not, is not getting married. Really? And if I would get married, it would have to be in the early 40s. Okay. So... And I hope it's okay that I share this. You've been sure. married more than once. Yes. So you would go back before your first marriage. Yes. Okay. And then you would have told yourself not to get married at that time. Not to get married. And you may, it sounds like you would have advised yourself to maybe wait until your 40s to consider a marriage. Yes. If I thought I really did found the right man, it would have mm-hmm. to be... Um, within my early 40s yeah how do you imagine your life would have been different if you didn't because when you got married the first time you were in your very very early 20s correct how do you imagine your life would have been different if you didn't get married at that point in your life if I didn't get married yes okay if I didn't get married then um that's a good question that probably would have helped me to make better and smarter decisions and choices in life because I felt that I kind of rushed my life somewhat. Okay. I could have waited a little longer and build up my maturity level before I have made some choices and decisions in my life. Mm-hmm. And I felt that back then back then I thought I was mature enough to make a lot of the choices and decisions until in my 40s I realized you know what I wasn't ready at all I wasn't as mature as I thought I was back then mm-hmm. and um, I feel like I missed out on a lot due to making certain decisions and choices in my life that sometimes I don't feel was fair to me, but Mm -hmm. then there's something 
that I have to deal with because I made those choices and decisions. No one else did. So I have no one to blame but myself. And it hurts sometimes knowing that I can't go back and make those changes. So my advice Mm -hmm. would have been that. Yeah, I can see that. Because yeah, I, I think about it all the time. When you got married, you were very young. You became a mom of two kids. Me and my brother were not that far apart at all, less than two uh-huh. years apart. And so I imagine when you talk about having to make like you know mature decisions, I imagine it wasn't just decisions that you had to make for yourself as a woman. It was decisions you had to make for yourself as a wife and then as a mom also having to make decisions for your kids and for your marriage. And that, when I think about my early 20s, I can't even imagine <laughs> being right. in that place and having to have that that type of responsibility and having to make those kinds of decisions. Um, so I, I yeah, I, I can imagine right. how you imagine yeah. your life could have been different. But right. Mama, you, life isn't over. You still have life to live and you can make decisions that you want to make that you think will make you feel happy that you feel happy about. Right. I, I, I um, totally agree with you. As a matter of fact, I'm 52. You know, I just turned 52, Mm -hmm. but I feel 25. Okay. (laughs) Feeling 25 will not put me back into the teenage life. However, that's how I feel like, you know what? I have a long life to live. Life is not over. You know, there are certain things that I miss out on. They may not come as a whole, but I can still make the best of them in so many different ways. And that's exactly what I'm doing now. I'm I'm just living. I'm I'm just living the life. Yeah. And it's been great to see. I know I've told you for years that I have been looking forward to the time in your life where you did what you wanted to do for you and you've been doing that. And it's been really, really great to see you just live your life for you, the way you want to, the way that you've been wanting to. And yeah, I just hope for you that you continue to do that. And each decision that you make from here on out are decisions that make you feel happy or decisions that you're satisfied with that fall within your values, the things that are important to you. Uh, right. Because man, you've, yeah, you've, you've lived for other people way too long. So I'm way happy to hear long. that one, you're in a place where you feel the most loved within yourself mm-hmm. and by the people around you. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, that you're in a place where you can make whatever choices and decisions you want to make for yourself. Exactly. All right. Well, thank you for sharing that, man. You're welcome. My pleasure. <laughs> it was All right, a great so experience. It is. It is. I I told you. I don't know if it's in uh, this recording, but I know I said before that I know we have deep conversations. Me and my mom are very in tune with our emotions. And I think we do very well with each other with being able to verbalize how we feel about any and everything. So that usually means we have conversations that are are heavy and they can go on for forever. But I was really looking forward to being able to have specific pointed questions 
that might lead us to talking about things that we maybe haven't taken the time to talk with each other about. And some of what we talked about, we have talked about before. Um, But I learned some things about you that I I didn't know before, like about uh, who you would want to have dinner with. I wouldn't have Mm -hmm. imagined that you would chose Michael Jackson of all the people that you could choose. Um, And I feel really good just hearing you say or put words to where it is that you feel you are in your life. Because in the same way that parents, I know y'all worry about us as your kids, as your kid, I worry about you sometimes. And so being Mm -hmm. reassured that you feel the way that you do about yourself makes me feel really good, no matter how many times it happens. Well, you know what? I like to say in return that I'm going through, I'm in the state that I am in my life today is because I can say because of you, Corey, and some other family members and, and great friends. Um, mainly you and Corey. The reason why is because if you guys were not the great kids that I know I have, I wouldn't have been where I am in my life today. I would probably have been the most miserable mother, the meanest mother, the grouchiest mother, who knows? I feel that it takes my great kids to make me the happy woman that I am today because you guys are so responsible. You guys are so independent. You're so respectable and so positive and so strong will-minded I can keep going on and on and on and I'm not saying it because you are my children it's the truth and that's one of the assurance that I have I live with every day even when I take trips I go away I'm like you know what I know my kids are fine I know they're good therefore why should I worry about me I still have fears about me, about you guys, your well-being, my well-being. But you guys have put me in a spot in my life today where I'm like, you know what? I'm good. I don't have to worry about me as much as I am now. I mean, or as I used to be. And I don't have to worry much about them. They're okay. They have my back. And I know I have your back. So let me tell you. It takes two to tangle. I wouldn't have been able to to make it without you guys. Yeah. Well, thank you for saying all those beautiful things about me and Corey. Uh, and for us, it's taken three, right? We've been tangoing the three of us together for it a takes, long time. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, it it's does. It's been a beautiful and, dance. And that's the reason why I always have number three as my favorite number. One yeah, of my favorite have. numbers. The three of us. You have. You yes. have. Mm-hmm. And All right. So I'm before we... Forward. Oh, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Mama. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I was going to say that um, I'm looking forward to um, be a part of the cast again. So I can share a lot more with you and others that will be listening 
Mm-hmm. And hopefully that would um, inspire, that will put some inspiration in your life and others as well as it yeah, has been so for too. me. Mm-hmm. I hope so too. I hope so too. Before we wrap up, I do have a question that I ask everyone that joins me on the podcast. And so I'm going to ask you that question. And it is, what is one thing that is important to you when cultivating relationships? And when we're talking about cultivating relationships, we're talking specifically about uh, the ways in which your relationships grow. Right. Yes, I love this question. Okay. Cultivating relationship is, first is communication. Communication is the key to everything in life. Communication, second is respect. Um, Communication with respect will automatically bring in love. And with those three things and any type of relationship will maintain a relationship in a healthy, very healthy level. Okay. I'm going to ask you to do something that I tend to ask uh, my clients and people that I work with to do when we talk about these things, and it is to be specific. Um, in your description of what those things are, right? Because when we talk about communication, that can mean and look like many different things to many different people. Same with respect, same with love. Um, So I'm going to ask you to be a little bit more specific. When you talk about communication, what is one thing that maybe you're able to communicate to the people that you're in relationship with that lets you know that that relationship is growing? Um, Or what is it that, that person is typically able to communicate to you within that relationship that lets you know that there's some growth. Okay. Communication. Um, To me, communication is honesty, honesty, loyalty, truth. That's the key to communication. So you're saying when people are able, when you or the people that you're in relationship with are able to be honest Honest in your communication, Yes. That's where growth is able to happen. Absolutely. Okay. And with the honesty, loyalty, that automatically brings trust because there's no uh, communication without the trust. Yeah. So let me ask you this. I'm going to ask you to be specific again. What does trust look like in your relationships? How do you know that you are now able to trust someone? What is it that you might do? What is it that you might say? What might that person be able to do in that relationship that reflects the trust that's present? Honesty. Just be honest with me. Um, Whether you know it's going to make the relationship or break the relationship, just be honest. And having the honesty will help me to work the breakable things that we thought would have never been fixed. Got it. I think you tied everything up for me because it sounds like you're saying when, when there's, when you guys are able to communicate honestly, right. They're able to verbalize or share things that are honest, 
either about right. their experience or about what they're thinking or how they're feeling, right. uh, then whether or not it's a positive or negative thing that can either make or break the, the friendship or the relationship, mm-hmm. then you know that you can trust that person to exactly. be honest about what their experience is. That allows the opportunity for you guys to work in ways that will result in the growth of that relationship. Right. And that also okay. shows me who that person really is. It basically, um, to me, is the definition of the person's personality. Okay. That reflects a lot on the person's personality. To me. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing that uh, response, because I know that that's something that we have never talked about. So I was really looking forward right. to asking you this question. Great. Okay, so before we sign off um, on the call, is there anything that you want to add, any additional things that you want to share, any questions that you have for me, or are we good to close up? Well, like I said, I'm looking forward to other interviews with you on the cast, so I'm pretty sure um, we will have plenty of time to share more. There's a lot more that I would like to share. Um, It was a great pleasure being a part of the cast today. I was very excited and um, that's it. That's... <laughs> well, I look forward to having you back. Thank you very much. All right. Well, love you, mommy. Love you too. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Before closing out this episode, I wanted to come back at my mom's request uh, to just make a little correction. Um, There's a part in the episode where she talks about her favorite class being a bookkeeping class. Um, And the correction is that it was actually a records keeping class that she took in high school that she really enjoyed and found inspiration from her teacher at the time. Um, So now that that correction has been made, Thank you for listening to this episode and your usual closing clip is going to play. Thank you for joining me for this Cultivative Conversation. If you have not already, please subscribe to the Cultivative Conversation podcast and share this episode with a friend. 